I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. About 12 years or so ago I was out predator hunting at night under the full moon. I had already made a few stands and was going towards the south side of town to call an area I've called before. I set up at the end of a road and hide just inside the woods, overlooking an open area. It was a bright night with no- Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Clouds in the sky and I could easily see several hundred yards over the white snow. I hiked out and put my Fox Pro collar in the snow and set up my decoy. I walked back into the woods and set up to start the screaming rabbit on the Fox Pro and decoy moving, being extra careful to be quiet. I had pulled my truck further down, and across the road in a small area about 80 yards or so from where I was hiding in the woods. I've parked there before and it's out of the way so no other cars or animals can see it. About eight minutes into my stand of the screaming rabbit, I see lights coming down the road towards me, casting shadows in the woods where I sit, fully camouflaged in white. I quickly mute the collar and turn off the decoy from my remote. As I sit there in the woods, quiet as a mouse, the car pulls off the road, probably 50 yards or so from where I'm at. The car was behind me, so hadn't drove far enough to see my truck. I hear people talking and see shadows moving through the woods as they cross in front of their headlights. It sounds to me like they're getting something out of the vehicle and trying to move it. They start moving into the woods, struggling with whatever they're doing as I remain totally silent, rifle loaded and ready to roll. The guys stay in the woods for a short time, chatting to each other and digging in the snow it sounded like. I strained to peek through the woods to see what they were up to but couldn't make out their location. Eventually, they quietly made it back to their vehicle and did a U-turn in the road and tore out of there. I gave it about five or six minutes before starting to get up and retrieve my collar and decoy. I gathered up my stuff and quickly exited the area, uncertain of what had gone on, or if they were going to be coming back into the area. Fast forward a few weeks after that odd night, and come to find out, Three guys had murdered a local man and hid him in the woods in the area where I was. I'm certain that that is what was going on as I quietly hid in the woods that night. I'm so thankful that I didn't walk out and surprise them or anything, because chances are they would have tried to do something to me. I'm also glad that they didn't drive down the road a bit further and see my truck. I always sort of wished that I would have searched the woods that night after they left, but decided to just play what I thought was a safer route and get out of there. This area has since been turned into a local park and is cleaned up nacelle. We live pretty deep in the woods up in northern Minnesota. Our property borders a huge section of Chippewa National Forest about 4 miles west of town. I've seen a few coyotes, wolves and black bears around but I was never really worried about it since we keep our garbage locked up in the garage. One night last summer I was taking my greyhound out for the evening routine. I had my headlamp on low. I walked back about 20 yards to the spot she usually goes and I get this weird feeling that something was watching me. The woods were dead quiet. I turn my head to the left and about 10 feet from me is a freakishly large set of yellowish eyes starting at me with its head low to the ground. They were forward facing so I knew it had to have been a predator. We faced off for a few seconds while I stood there in bewilderment trying to process what this thing was. 
I finally reacted and kind of scream yelled at it to get out of there. I sounded like I was still going through puberty for a second lol. It turned and just kind of jogged away while I ran back to the house with my dog in tow. I was shocked by how quiet it was when it ran off. I don't think my dog even knew it was there. My headlamp was on to low of a setting for me to make out the body but I'm convinced it was a rather large black bear. I probably scared him just as bad as he scared me with my squeak yell but man I got the adrenaline shakes for a bit after it happened. I had a mountain lion encounter last fall in North Idaho and it didn't put me on edge as much as this one did. Probably the darkness factor. North Central Washington, 14 or 15 year old, first time hunting solo and I hiked up on a high ridge line in the dark 1 to 2 miles from anyone else in our camp. I was scared shitless from the get go by my first hike in the dark alone. First light comes and it's heavy fog, you know the kind where you can't see more than 30ish yards and you can physically feel the clouds of moisture flying by you. The kind that soaks outer layers and chills you to the bone with a slight wind behind it. All of the objects in sight were constantly changing shape and shifting in depth and dimension, and I was completely disoriented and unhinged. I had already thrown in the towel and was picking my way back to camp, and after about 30 minutes I catch a dark shape move swiftly in the fog up ahead. No further out than a stone's throw. I suddenly had ice in my veins, all my hair standing on end, and the only thing I could think to do was try to become one with the ground. As this tall, antlered figure with terrifyingly long arms and claws loomed ahead of me. I knew I was a goner when it immediately started blowing at me and making loud stomping noises as if preparing to charge at me. I was absolutely petrified, completely unable to react or move. That specter of death has been burned into my memory ever since. Then, as if out of that Lord of the Rings movie, the sun broke the horizon behind me and the first beams of daylight suddenly shot on and illuminated the monster. At that point I lost all the air in my lungs as the Wendigo shape shifted into the biggest 3 by 4 muley I'd ever seen on the hoof. Turns out he was standing slightly uphill of me, body hidden behind a slender old sapling rooted in a little depression between us. His long arms were really the drooping remains of two limbs, and the claws were, in fact, wisps of old man's beard. I was so beyond scared I couldn't even comprehend what was happening until he started off. Still haunts me to this day knowing that I didn't unleash the fiery hell of my out six on that buck. Late 80s, I was deer hunting near the Marquette Branch Prison in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. I had shot a small seven-point buck and it happened to be in the bottom of steep rocky ravine. No way to bring the deer out hole so went back home to get a backpack and bag so I could quarter it up and pack it out. There was around four feet of snow that had fallen the previous night and my tracks were the only ones I'd seen on my trip in, early morning, and out to get the pack. Upon returning around an hour and a half later there was a fresh set of tracks that looked to be sneakers by the sole print. Thinking it was strange I dismised it and carried on. On my way back out loaded down I crossed the tracks again and looked in the direction. They traveled seeing where they had stopped and stood for a while looking into the ravine. I'd quartered the deer. 
I walked a few feet to the spot and could see my deer's carcass plain as day 150 yards away or so in the bottom. Most likely watching me quarter it. That night our nightly news said there was an escapee from the prison that had been rescued by another hunter a half mile away as he was yelling loudly for help because he was lost and freezing. Makes me wonder what was running through this guy's mind watching me and thinking to himself. Can I get this guy's gun and make him get me out of here? Five years ago in the Wind River Range of Wyoming I had something repeatedly breaking logs approximately 100 feet from my tent. I was over 10 miles from the trailhead and my car was the only one there when I left and the only one there when I got back a week later. This is not an area that is well connected to other trails or used by through hikers and they would have to go way out of their way to come in from other trailheads. Not impossible but very unlikely for other people to end up at this small lake I was at from a different starting point. It was a perfectly calm night in mid-June and I had just climbed into the tent for the night and started reading a book when I heard the first crash in the woods behind the tent. It sounded like maybe a tree falling, or if a large person stepped on a log and the entire thing broke. It happened again a minute later which to me ruled out tree falling. Then it happened yet again. Then whatever was doing it was suddenly in my camp walking around the tent. I couldn't tell if it had two or four legs because my heart was thumping out of my chest and I was quickly planning my self-defense if it tried to get in the tent. After a while it was gone and nothing tried to get my food bag hanging outside of camp that night. I've never been more frightened while alone in the backcountry for sure. I'm almost certain it was a Bigfoot though. A buddy and I actually encountered one at that same lake a few years prior to this and that thing actually stood its ground while foraging right on the trail. We couldn't get it to amble away by yelling at it from a good distance away, he just looked at us and continued his business so we ended up hiking way around instead. I have always thought that was strange behavior for a wilderness cryptid. Also, Someone had carved an inscription into a tree in the campsite I was at that said adventures with Yogi so maybe that thing frequents the area and scares the crap out of people that camp there. Still seems strange for a thing to be breaking logs in half repeatedly though. I'll never know what it truly was because I was too frightened to unzip the tent and shine my light around. Took my first trip to Colorado last September to hunt elk and first time solo hunting outside of the Midwest. I backpacked into a wilderness roughly 4 miles and up about a 3k elevation gained straight up to a bench where I decided to set up camp for the night. Around 1am I hear what sounded like a head of a shovel being dragged across concrete pavement roughly 75 to 100 yards away and then nothing. I'm coming out of the daze from being woke up and trying to get my wits about me when I heard it again within 50 yards. Now I'm awake with my flashlight in hand and my Glock in the other. I sent a quick I love you to my wife. Silence goes by for a couple of minutes and at this point I'm on higher alert and ready to drop all 17 rounds I had into whatever was are there. Then. Within 10 to 20 feet from my tent I hear a large deep guttural exhale and then complete silence. I laid in my tent the rest of the night wide awake. Sun came up and looked around and couldn't find anything sign of tracks or anything. 
After coming out of that area at the end of my trip and talking to a few locals who live at the base of the mountain told me the area is populated with weird creatures now. My assumption was looking back it was probably bare, but at the time on my first solo trip and first trip into the mountains I was scared shitless. But who knows, it could be a goat man also. I've read all of these stories and have found some very intriguing. I have a few of these mysterious tales to tell but not all at once. Probably the most alarming incident has to be an experience I had about 20 years ago. I had scouted out a new piece of property to hunt and found a good place to hang a stand. So I left the place alone for a couple days to let everything settle for me tromping around in there. I came back to hunt about an hour before daybreak and just about the time I could see my surroundings something lets out this roar, bellow, growl. Obviously this put me on high alert because I never heard anything like this in my life and grew up in very rural Alabama where if you heard a car coming they were either lost or coming to see you. This thing was so close I could actually feel the sound coming from it. I was scanning all my surroundings and could see nothing but I knew this thing was looking at me. I have to say I don't scare easy and I don't let my mind play tricks on me but I always rationalize and find an explanation for things. I can honestly say my hair was on end the whole time this was happening and when it was completely daylight I climbed down from my stand and went home. I didn't say anything to anyone for a couple weeks until my brother calls me late one evening. He asks if I'm hunting this property that I'd told him about and I said yes but I hadn't been there in a while. He tells me he's surveying the big valley that goes through there and he hears this sound maybe one quarter mile from him and the guy helping him. I ask if it sounded like this and I repeated the sound I heard. He replied how did you know so I told him what happened at that time. He told me when he heard it he just looked at the guy helping him and said don't tell me what you think that is. Let's just get our gear and go. I have no idea what this was but I do know it was something I've never heard before. Five years ago while turkey hunting I heard a bird gobbling real good about 300 yards away. So I start making my way to him before he comes off roost. I see something that just unbelievable and have to do a double take to make sure I'm seeing what I think I'm seeing. It is a clear translucent thing that immediately reminds me of the Predator movie Monster. This thing was about 8 to 9 feet tall and about 3 to 4 feet in diameter it was maneuvering its way through the trees almost like it was gliding across the ground but definitely working its way through the trees. I really didn't scare me but rather piqued my interest. I watched this thing until it went out of sight and there was no sound to it at all. I never finished my hunt that morning as I had lost all interest. This was about a month after I caught the guats having a voodoo ceremony on this property. Yes this really happened as sure as I live in breath. I shot a deer down in the bottom or a canyon. When I found the deer I realized I didn't have a hunting knife to fill dress it. I then hiked back up the hill to my pickup truck, to get a knife. When I approached the down deer, and got about 20 feet away and realized my animal has been tampered with. I then looked closer and realized the internal organs were strung out everywhere, and it was missing a hindquarter. 
I then looked up on the hill to my left and seen a blackish brown creature running on two feet with my meat. I was scouting for elk hunt in Colorado. I watched a herd of elk and then hiked out. I had a long hike back to the truck in the dark. I came down a ridge that kind of was a funny for a few draws in the bottom. When I made it to the bottom I heard a deer bawling up on the hill behind me. I shut my headlamp off and just stood still listening. I was surprised when the sound started coming towards me. I just held tight standing there and this bawling deer sounds came down the hill right by me and passed me at less than 20 yards. Something was in pursuit of the deer and I could hear a strange noise panting right behind the deer. The noise ran down the draw below me and then stopped right in the draw where I was headed. I continued walking and turned on my headlamp. Never did see anything when I walked by but it was kind of weird deal. Don't know if it was a coyote or bear or some cryptid chasing the deer. Me and a buddy were out in his boat fishing on a sunny spring day several years ago, and we both heard this blood-curdling roar echo from somewhere in the mountains. I mean, it was loud. It sounded like something angry and in pain at the same time. We looked at each other for a little while like did we seriously just hear that? The only conclusion we could come to was someone shot a bear, it was bear season. My friend has since become an avid hound hunter and we've both taken some bears, and we've never heard that nose ever come from a bear before, so I have no clue what that was. In the spring of 2016 I was up early and heading to a turkey hunting spot about 35 minutes drive from my house. To access this area you pull off a paved highway to a dirt road which immediately gets rough and starts to climb up a canyon with several tight turns and large sparsely placed rocks and boulders. It's probably around 4 am and I'm making my way up the dirt road to where there is a gate separating public and private land and to keep free-range cattle in their respective zone. As I approach the gate I see what appears to be a coyote completely motionless. I was already driving very slow but come to a stop to see what the coyote does. However, he remained still, not flinching one bit. I creep my truck up closer, but still no movement from the varmint. I rolled down my window and yelled at him but still nothing. Something about him wasn't right, he looked like complete shit and I wasn't sure what was wrong with him. Again I creep my truck closer and I can start to see more detail, he is tattered, beaten and on the verge of certain death. Thinking I might do him a favor and put him out of his misery I pulled out my 9mm and slowly exit my truck. I kept my gun pointed on him and yelled to see if he would move. The lights of my truck were right on him and each step I took towards him reviled more detail. Bones were exposed, and his condition was far worse than I had initially thought. My first thought was of the movie Pet Cemetery. he looked like he rose from the dead and was still on his feet. Now that I was about 15 feet away I could see some red color to his coat, still I approached out of curiosity. He didn't move. I was creeped out, but with a 9mm in my hands I was ready for whatever I thought was about to happen. My headlamp gave more detail and I could finally see that red color was string. I threw a rock and hit him but no movement and a strange noise reverberated. 
It was not an animal. I walk up and see that someone had left a piece of taxidermy on the side of this dirt road and it had been deteriorating from the elements. I had a laugh but then became super freaked out about who would leave that out there and if they were still around. I got back in my truck and kept it moving to my turkey spot. Three days ago a bit north of Idaho Falls was out driving with my wife through the desert, came to the end of a little dirt road and decided to hope out to hike a bit. Saw what looked like a pattern in the dirt made of rocks, and when I looked closer it was like eight or so concentric rings of rocks, the biggest probably 100 feet across, clearly took someone a good long while to make it. Started getting that something isn't right feeling but ignored it and started walking closer. There was a path lined with rocks to the center, and at the entrance to it two skulls, looked like cattle at first glance, but at that point I wasn't getting any closer. Real quick we headed out from there and found somewhere else to hike. Definitely not was I was expecting to find out there and my wife is still getting weird feelings about that place. I was about 29 when this happened to me. I was coming out of the woods after elk hunting in an area that we have dubbed Elk Swamp as it is a marshy area that a small creek drains into before exiting into a pretty good flowing creek. I was walking along the ridge that goes to the main walking trail that is about a tenth of a mile from the swamp, when I sensed something flying towards my head to my right. Since it is past dusk, but not dark yet, my first thought is owl or bat. I duck and a good-sized piece of a branch hits one of the trees to my right. I immediately look in the direction where the flying branch came from and see another one coming towards me. I duck behind the ridge and backtrack about 15 yards thinking my dad, or his friend, is messing with me as I am walking out. I slowly raise up to try to see their movement and I see nothing. I just wait for a while because I know I am going to see them move over the fold of the ridge, but nothing. I move back down the trail and pick up one of the pieces of wood that was thrown at me and realize it's a pretty good chunk of wood. I still haven't seen any movement and at least 5 minutes have gone by since the initial throw. I figure I'll throw the wood back in the direction it came and try to hit them hiding on the other side of the ridge. Now I can throw pretty damn good and I couldn't even get the wood halfway there. I never felt so powerless in the woods at that moment. I picked up the other piece of wood and I put everything into it because I wasn't believing what was happening to me. Same result, wood lands in the grass before even getting to the base of the next ridge. I can hit the backstop with a baseball from the outfield and I'm really starting to wonder who the hell just threw these two branches at me. I decide to walk down the trail and back towards where we were supposed to meet in an area we have dubbed Coyote Flats. Before I can get to the steep climb out I see my dad sitting off the trail under his favorite pine tree. I ask him if he was down by the swamp and he says he's been under his tree. I ask him where his friend is and he says they split up at another spot earlier that evening. I tell him about the branches thrown at me and I know he wasn't the one because there was no revelry at all. We walk out together and find his friend in Coyote Flats and confirm he hadn't been down by the swamp. I've ranged that ridge top every time I walk the ridge back to the swamp and it stays a constant 125 yards. Not sure how someone was able to get those branches that far, 
but it sure makes me think a lot. Last year in the central Washington wilderness during high buck hunt in September me and a buddy were sleeping our second night. We are an 11 mile hike back on a trail I'm sure nobody would come down in the next week. In an old burned hillside we found an oasis which was our planned camping area. Natural spring coming from up the hill with plenty of green grass and trees that survived the burn. Put us at the top of the valley to glass from all day. We had a nice stream weaving around our tent and was a really nice setting. We found a horse camp down in the bottom of a valley so we knew weren't 100% alone, but we were quite a ways in. Anyway he instantly starts sawing logs and I'm finishing up a movie and decide I should probably try to sleep as well when we start hearing a half-ass howl followed by a bark at the end of it. I instantly stop the movie and make it silent, again it happens down the hill from us. Earlier in the day we came across some scat but couldn't make out if it was bear or wolf. If it was coyote it was massive for one of them, so that starts playing through my head right away. I start waking my buddy up and tell him to listen, it happens again but closer. His eyes get big and I knew I wasn't just hearing stuff. I have my rifle outside under the vestibule so I'm scrambling trying to bring it inside and he gets his knife ready just because. We hear it one more time 60 to 80 yards away and we are about ready for anything at this point. We are laying motionless just listening, the type of quiet where your breathing seems loud. Next thing you know 10 yards from our tent we hear a single splash in the stream, like somebody hung a rock over it and dropped it. We instantly give each other the oh shit look and wait for what happens next. We decide making some noise is probably a good step and let whatever it was know there's two of us in there. We never heard anything after that. Fast forward 10 minutes later and down the valley at the horse camp we start hearing gunshots and then nothing. We discuss some possibilities and then go to sleep. Upon packing up camp and leaving a hunter walks in as it's snowing and accumulating fast. Was a nice guy and has hunted down in that valley with his friends the past few years and pay a guy to pack a wall tent in for them. Started asking about the gunshots the other night and he said oh yeah, there's a stupid yearling buck that keeps getting into our food at night. He's like the village idiot we decided so we were trying to scare him off with our pistols and hoped he would get the hint. Got to talking more about our story with what we heard and he said oh yeah we saw a massive bear down the hill from your guys earlier while we were hunting the other side of the hill. So now I know what the scar belong do. So at this point I have closure to the shooting story, where the scat came from we saw, but still don't know what it was that came by camp. Several years ago myself and about five of my buddies did an overnighter up Mount Leconte in the Smokies and spent the night. Next morning we hiked the boulevard trail to the Ad, then stayed the night at the ice water shelter. It's the closest shelter on the entire Ad, important to the story. The next shelter down the trail is Tri Corners. About dark we were all boiling our water for dinner and a solo hiker comes in and the first thing the guy says is sure I'm glad there are other people here, hate this shelter. They found a dead body here once. Kind of a weird way to start a conversation with strangers, but whatever. He tells us he's hiking out in the morning to Newfound Gap and he's paid a shuttle to pick him up at 10 and take him back to his car. 
NF Gap is only about 4 miles from this shelter. The next morning, it's snowing and is about 12 degrees out and I hear the guys get up and gather his gear and head out. I look at my watch and it's about 5 am. Strange time to hike out on an icy trail in the snow for 4 miles to wait for a ride at the trailhead for 6 hours, but again, whatever. We get to the trailhead around 9 and wave to the guy and he not only ignores us but immediately turns and walks away from us, again. Whatever. About 10 days later one of my buddies on this trip texts me a link about a hiker that left NF Gap and had planned to a friend's pick him up 5 days later in North Carolina. Guy never showed up so his friends call the park service they find the guy dead at the Tri-Corner shelter, where the solo hiker came from, and estimated he died the on the previous Saturday. The solo hiker came into the ice water shelter on Saturday night. We thought it was strange so we called the park service and told them about what happened. They thanked us and told us it was believed the dead hiker had died from natural causes. We followed the story for a few weeks and never heard anything one way or another, but they did have the Tri-Corners shelter closed for investigation for 8 or 9 days and didn't fly the body off the mountain for 3 days after they found him. Maybe the guy just came across him and was a little freaked out, who knows. Been in the woods my entire life growing up in Florida. Know all the sounds the woods and swamps have to offer. Several years ago a buddy and I were deep in the green swamp frog gigging around midnight 1am. Heard a loud howl and moan that rang through the air 200 yards on the other side of the pond we were gigging. It let out this sound three times. Buddy and I tore out for the truck as fast as we could get there, all the while not thinking the sound came from back the direction of the truck. To this day, we still don't talk about it but swear we had an encounter with the Sasquatch. I was on a solo elk hunt, which during the day I don't mind at all. I actually really enjoy being in the woods alone while hunting. However, I'm not a fan of being alone in camp at night. I had hunted until dark and wasn't too far from camp. With dinner done I was about to build a small fire and read a book. This particular evening it had started sprinkling rain right as I gathered wood for the fire so I decided to go into the tent and read in my sleeping bag. After an hour or so I found myself dozing off, when I heard something. My cot was up against the side of the tent and it sounded like it was right outside my tent, near my head. I grabbed my headlamp as quietly as I could and found my gun next to my bed. About that time I heard whatever this was scratching on the tent. Again, I'm not a fan of camping alone as it is and the adrenaline rush had my senses on overdrive. Whatever was out there was scratching, scratching, scratching. And I could actually see the tent moving, inward as if something was pushing on the side wall, 12 feet from where my head had been laying. I mustered up the last bit of testosterone I had left in my shriveled up sack and decided I'd punch whatever was out there the next time it indented the tent. Here it comes. Scratch. The tent bulged ever so slightly inward, and I threw a punch. All I heard was a mouse screech and go flying into the woods. A damn mouse was trying to run up the side of my dang tent. I still laugh at myself for my overreaction but I really enjoyed telling my kids about that adventure when I was home. <laughs>
I worked as a timber faller for 20 years here in the Pacific Northwest and got a little freaked out a couple times by cougars. I won't go hiking without a large handgun for that reason. I had a large bull elk in full rut step out about 5 feet from me packing out of a unit one time that sure made me feel puny. His eyes were all bloodshot, thought I was a goner. When I was a kid I worked up out of Ione, Washington and slept in a tent for 6 months pre-commercial thinning. Bear came in and ripped a camp trailer to pieces looking for snacks one day when we were all out working. I slept with a loaded shotgun. Good times. I was camping on a local sea island last week. Around 3 a.m. I Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Heard tremendous crashing in the pine and palm woods, about 100 yards from the tent. I hunkered down in my bag, determined to ignore it. A minute later I heard footsteps approach my tent, pass within a few feet, then stop. I jumped up and yelled what the hell are you doing out there? To my invisible foe. Shining the flashlight around, I saw nothing. After a few minutes I was back in my bag with the collar tucked up to my chin when I heard footsteps again. Close. Turning to grab my light, I noticed that my chin stubble was really noisy rubbing on the bag. Yes. My imagined intruder was chin stubble. It sounded remarkably similar to footsteps. But he sure scared the hell out of me. Moments later an owl flew so close to my tent that I heard the subtle swish of his wings through the air. Then it dawned on me that the ruckus in the woods was probably a successful owl kill, as our woods are filled with hoot owls and armadillos. The other night my daughters, 9 and 11, went to the bear bait stand with me. We floated the canoe up to the shoreline to grab the game camera and as we did the big target bore, easy 8 to half a foot grizz, came lumbering down the hill from about 30 yards. I quickly pushed back away from the shore but not fast enough that he didn't see us. He woofed and trotted up the hill away from us. We circled around to the other side of the channel and waited from about 200 yards. The kids pulled out a woobie and laid down to mess around on my phone while I watched the opposing shoreline. Roughly 20 minutes into the wait, I heard the faint sound of small twig break behind us. I clicked the safety off the gun and stepped in front of the girls. Another grizz had snuck in on us to about 20 yards. It never made a sound and reluctantly backed away when my oldest started yelling to shoot it. Due to the trees I couldn't see it but the girls could being lower to the ground. As I stood guard the girls packed our things as fast as possible. I walked backwards with the girls leading the way to the canoe and we hopped in. Safely back on the water a flood of emotions overcame the youngest, she was not impressed. 
Equally unimpressed was my oldest when I announced we were going home, she wanted to stay and try for the big boy. The damage was done and I wanted to get my youngest out of there before she was scarred for life. Nineteen eighty-eight, back in England, myself and a couple of friends did a ton of rabbit hunting and snaring. There was a particular cops, maybe a mile from my house that I was super familiar with. I played in the as a kid, shot roosting crows, pigeons and pheasant all the time and obviously, hunted bunnies like a maniac. I never set snares in there, because I knew one of the local farmers had terriers that used to roam free and I'd have caught hell if I'd snared one by accident. Anyhow, one night after school, I grabbed my air gun and picked up my mate Rob Holmes and we went for a mooch to see if we couldn't jump a couple of rabbits. We're maybe 100 yards in and approaching our favorite sitting and smoking stolen cigarettes log. To this day I have no explanation but when we got to the log, there were 10 dead rabbits, stretched out as though they'd been hanging by the back legs, stacked up in a pyramid. They were still in rigor mortis and we couldn't find a shot trap mark or snare mark anywhere on them. Obviously, our teenage minds ran rampant, thinking that someone had poisoned them in the hope of killing us, we didn't exactly have what you might call permission to be in there, or that it was an elaborate trap by the local gamekeeper. Needless to say, we left them well alone. I went back a couple of days later and there was no sign of them. 1st elk hunt back in 1999, we were way up in on a packed trip wall tents third season. One of our party hit an elk near dark and we tracked it well into the night. I was alone tracking with a mag light following a set of tracks bull had quit bleeding and mixed in with some other tracks, suddenly the hair stands up on the back of my neck, ice runs down my spine feeling. Looked all around and saw nothing but it had enough of the whole business so I headed back down to the horses and back to camp. Next day we get up and go to resume our track, 200 yards from camp we cut a big set of cat tracks, you can guess where those cat tracks lead back to, directly to where I left the trail of the elk I was tracking. I was too young and stupid to think anything but cool. Me and and my buddy were smallmouth fishing in a relatively small stream and having a good morning. We had parked at a roadside pullout and hit the water just as it was getting light. Absorbed by the good fishing we just kept waiting upstream catching fish. We knew where we were and we knew it wasn't far to a road. But we had gone almost two miles from the truck. Casting into a promising hole and a loud shot rings out up the hill and maybe 50 yards downstream. We look at each other surprised but are not overly concerned because there are people living in the area. We were confirming with each other that we heard a snap pause boom and thought as was a muzzle loader shot. Just then another muzzle loader shot rings out just up the hill and maybe 50 yards upstream and this time we could hear the bullet fly through the woods along the creek headed toward the location of the first shot. Now we looked at each other with a WTF? Look in our eyes. And before we could do anything there is another shot from the location of the first and we hear the round headed toward the location of the second. And we hear it ricochet off a branch just before it explodes a rock right across the creek from us. 
We didn't need to look at each other anymore as we high-tailed it up the bank and toward the road. We may even have jogged down the road a little before stopping to discuss being caught in Hatfield MC Coy Crossfire. We decided not to fish anymore and started hoofing it toward the truck. With about a mile of dirt road to go we round a bend and see a house ahead, with someone sitting on the porch. We politely smile, wave and say hello to the young lady as we get close. She never changes her expression as she sits between two baskets snapping beans and she says you two look like nice men. Would you like to help me snap my beans? We politely declined and picked up our pace. About 15 years ago, my parents and I wanted to fish a high mountain lake, and we decided to camp at the end of an old logging road. We weren't too far off a major forest service road, and a bunch of old roads branch off of it. We heard some people shooting below us about a half mile or so, but we weren't too concerned we thought they were just target shooting for fun. It was about 6 PM, and I decided to walk down the road looking for grouse. I shot one and brought it back to camp. While I was cooking it over the fire, the shooting below us resumed. Within minutes, we heard the whizzing of bullets going by us followed by the reports from the rifle. It is a helpless feeling to hear bullets whiz by in the air and have no idea how far away they are. We quickly packed up camp and picked a different spot. We never did know if it was intentional, but the bullets were not going by us until after I shot the grouse. didn't happen to me, but I remember a story my dad telling me about a time elk hunting the Bob Marshall Wilderness in Mount I guess when they were in town prior to getting into their hunting spot they were talking to a group of researchers doing some work on problem grizzlies that were being moved into the Bob. Evidently when they were being moved, the biologists were taking hair, teeth, and other samples prior to release. This was in the days before they were completely knocking animals out to do this stuff, so they were just using muscle relaxers. So these grizzlies were well aware of what was being done and the pain probably associated with yanking a tooth of two while wide awake. After release, the biologists would go up in planes to track the collars and relocate some of the bears and do additional tests or tracking of some sort. Fast forward a few days later my dad and his buddies are out in the black timber hunting and all of a sudden, a plane starts circling directly above them. And did so for a while. Ha! They don't know if the guys were doing it to mess with them, or if there were actually grizzlies in the same timber patches that probably weren't too fond of humans. I was going onto a piece of property that I leased to check some traps and there was a minivan parked at the gate. I get out of my truck and Therese no one around so I'm taking pics of the van when I hear some weird sound like singing or fast tailing. But can't make out what's being said because it's very faint. I walk over to a trail and head in when I start seeing people about 100 yards away. So I walk over to them and what do I see? There's a woman on her knees with flowers in her hand and eight people walking around her chanting. I recognize these people as South American but where from I'm not sure. I walk up to them and yell out asking what they are doing so this up walks up to me smiling. I tell him they are trespassing and they need to leave and the guy smiles and says okay. 
I get back in my truck to go onto the property to run my traps and when I come out they're gone so I decide I'm gonna go look at the area where they were. I get up there and there are flowers everywhere especially on these mounds they've built that look like graves. My first thought upon seeing this is oh shite these folks have buried people on my property. I get the law down there and they're just as alarmed as I am so I give them the descriptions of the one guy and the pics of the van with the tag number. They got the crime scene van down there and was using GPR to scan the mounds. They tracked them down to another county and it's a group of Guatemalans. They were having a voodoo ceremony of some sort to rid their home of evil spirits is what I'm told over the phone by one of the officers. I told him to tell them to get rid of those evil spirits on their own place I didn't need them on mine. Around 2010, my hunting buddy and I decide to bird hunt a semi-remote area in central eastern Wisconsin. That has very difficult access. After we make it to the end of the 4x road slash trail we start getting our gear together and looking over our map. Just as we are getting ready to head out, we can hear another vehicle that sounds like it is rallying down this very rough road. Mostly curious to see this, we wait by the truck, and a minute later a newer black Lincoln Navigator complete with big chrome wheels, low-profile tires and blacked-out windows rips by us and heads out through the sagebrush and bushes. As we are trying to decide if this was hilarious or creepy, another rig, set up the same as the first comes tearing down the road and stops about 50 yards past us, on the tracks of the first vehicle. This rig stopped facing directly away from us and we immediately noticed two things. There were our 15 barrels sticking out all four windows, not pointed at us, but pointed out the windows and straight up, and the rear license plate was gone or covered up. At this point we got the message and quickly dumped our gear back in the truck, and headed out. Back in 2014 I was packed into the Gila wilderness with a couple of buddies for an elk hunt. On the second day we decided to split up and I opted to hunt alone the remainder of the day. We were camped about a one quarter mile below a natural spring with fresh water running out of the ground so every morning we would stop at the spring and stock up with water for the day and depart from there. My buddies took off to the southwest and I took off to the east to work a different area. I worked my way a mile and a half or so on the south facing side of a step cut headed east and was moving along slowly glassing ahead and checking out the nice aspen parks across the draw from me. I stopped at one point to look into the aspens across from me and spent a few minutes checking things out and decided to move on. I proceeded to cover another quarter to half mile and was looking over across to the south at some more areas and heard something take off to my left, north and it startled me as I had been diligently looking ahead and was certain there wasn't anything close to me at all. I stopped for a minute and glassed around and looked everywhere, and nothing. No smell of elk or anything else, and nothing visible at all anywhere. Just when I was starting to think I was losing my mind, I looked down and I was standing over an enormous scat pile that looked like it was only a couple minutes old. As I looked at it trying to determine if it was a cat or bear, I noticed what looked like bone and hair in it. I grabbed a stick and in my best CSI mindset began to mash around to see how fresh it was and what was in it. 
It was wet fresh like whatever a herd run just pooped it out on the fly, lol. Well I'm getting a little uneasy by this time trying to decide what kind of animal this is that I kicked up unexpectedly and as I turned to scan all around me I turned to my left and less than 5 yards from me is this really nice mule deer buck lying there with tongue out staring at me dead as a doornail. It startled me because I was not expecting that, and then my heart really starting racing because I realized I had just walked up on some large predator that had just taken down this deer a short time prior, rigor mortis had not even kicked in yet. Now that I'm on high alert I poke around it a bit and take some pics and mark the waypoint on my GPS as I also have a bear tag and the wheels are turning. I continue to scan the area, glass heavily in all directions, and yes even above me in the pines, lol, and nothing at all. I decide all is well and press on. Needless to say my senses are heightened the rest of the day as I press on in my quest for elk. I continued on for a while to the east and worked my way around back to the north and up on top of the flat to start my way back toward camp. I figured by this point in the day it would be an easier route back to camp and I could cover a lot of ground more quickly. The rest of the day was pretty uneventful sands a few deer and turkey. So I'm cruising along and my senses are calmed down and back to normal by this point. Well. I end up about one quarter of a mile directly due north of where I jumped whatever it was off of this deer and am cruising when I get to a bit of water and some pretty good sized boulders. I'm cautiously maneuvering through the rocks and water when something lets out this deep guttural growl and I froze in my tracks immediately. This growl was unlike anything I've ever heard in the wild and was so loud and felt so close that I could not even really convince myself what direction it came from. It literally felt as if it were right on top of me. Heart rate in full on tachycardia mode, I'm once again looking everywhere as hard as I can as thorough as I can in all directions and nothing. Not a sound, not a movement, no visible bear or cat, nothing. Trust me I'm looking hard as I want to fill the bear tag as well as the elk tag and I was hoping this was my moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing. I'm getting frustrated at this point because I'm dying to know what killed that deer, I'm curious if whatever killed that deer is what just growled at me and if it had been following me. Lots of things running through the mind, but no answers. I finally move on and make my way back to camp just after dark. My buddies come rolling into camp about 20 minutes after I did and we got the fire and dinner going and I proceeded to tell them about my encounter. I showed them the pics and the next day we hiked back by the carcass again and nothing. To this day I don't have an answer but believe it to most likely be a big mountain lion. Whatever growled at me was no juvenile by any means, have never heard anything like it. I've seen many bears in my life, have had a black bear sulk up and clack her teeth at me, and I've seen a couple of cats in the wild but I've never heard a growl like that ever, so can't say with any certainty what it was. Not really a creepy story in the true sense of creepy, but damn sure unnerving to say the least. Probably a decade or more we had packed an elk camp in with horses and were archery hunting elk. The whole area has since burned. We were chasing some bugles and were following an old trail through some thick stuff next to a stream when we came to a small clearing. 
In the clearing was a round table made from a very large tree with several chairs around it made from smaller logs. Here we are in a place that we figured not too many people had been and we stumbled on that. I took a pic with my old school digital camera but have no idea what happened to it. I remember that the workmanship was pretty solid. Somebody had spent some time on it. It wasn't just a surprise to see something like that, but it was the feeling that made the hair stand up on the back of your neck that I didn't appreciate. Weird stuff. I have a few creepy ones but the most guts turning one was two years ago during archery season me and a buddy hit the hills and weren't prepared for the colder than usual temps so we bailed early and did some road and truck hunting. Late one evening after a few beers we see this odd glow coming from the west over top of this mountain range we were halfway up and it gets bigger and bigger and the glow intensifies more and more and it starts getting this long tail behind it. This was right around the time when Trump was kicking every pecker head dictator in the nether region and we thought for sure no shoot that this was a missile, no kidding man my stomach turned over and I started sweating. It's one of those had to be their moments but it was really crazy. Turned out to be SpaceX launching out of Cali and I guess it caused some traffic accidents and I even read where some old guy had a heart attack and died. It must have just been the perfect night with just the right glow. I said a prayer for my family and was ready for the end. First Western Hunt Solo General Unit Archery Elk in Colorado I have no idea what I'm doing, but that's part of the fun right? The whole time I was in this particular area I saw a copious deer and what I believe to be bear scat. One evening I set up in a meadow about 55 yards from a point where I expect animals to enter and soon two to step out from the spot. I wait for them to move off a little and start calling. I'm not ashamed to admit that I might have sounded like an elk that got wounded when it fell off the short bus. I'm learning right? I get the feeling that there is something in that point where the does were and draw my bow. Shorty, I hear what I believe to be a bear wolf. I'm proud that I held it together and hunted until dark, but the feeling that something was watching me was palpable. I hike back to camp, light off and pistol in hand. I avoid my food tree and don't eat dinner out of concern for smells near camp. The next day I'm moving camp on account of not seeing any elk in the area and walk through that meadow. Right in the middle of the game trail and the highest point on this ridge in the meadow is what I believe to be lion scat that was absolutely not there the evening before. Not an expert. But cat was my immediate thought from several yards away and I pseudo-confirmed my suspicion using Google Images. I can't help but think that there were two predators checking me out that evening. Maybe not stalking me per se, but I should have been more scared than I was. I'm trying to act like a tough guy. I was just too stupid slash inexperienced to fully understand the gravity of my situation at the time. My best friend Cameron and I were scouting about a month before bow season here in Montana. We were approximately two miles from any road. Zero roads anywhere near. We were absolutely 100% the only people in this particular area at the moment. After crossing a giant meadow we walked over this saddle and dropped over the top into the northwestern side of the mountain. 
Once we got about two-thirds the way down we went to check some wallows that sat at the base of a large boulder field on the side of the mountain. After inspecting the first wallow we walked a game trail to the second wallow that was only a little ways further down. This area had lush tall beautiful green grasses. It was nice and cool down there with lots of shade and water sources. As we walked along the trail Cameron put his hand back towards me and had the stop signal. It thumps me in the chest and I'm thinking to myself oh fuck Grizz. I grabbed for my pistol and Cam stepped to the side into the tall grass looking down at the very thin game trail. When I focused on the trail there was a weird looking clump of that tall grass bunched up together and placed very carefully on the tight small trail as though you or I grabbed the grass with one hand and ripped off about 12 feet of the tops off with the other. The trail was so tight because it was a single file type trail and had hip high grasses on both sides. This means someone would have to bend over and place the grass right there because if you were to just drop it, it would fall into a bunch of pieces by the time it got back to the ground. The coloration of the grass was every bit as green as the surrounding vegetation, and not dying, yellow, brown or old looking. This bunch of grass was smashed together in the middle and loose slash flared out on the outsides like it had been held in someone's grasp. We handled it and looked closer for an animal's saliva in the middle area and or any smells but it didn't produce any idea of what the hell placed the grass so perfectly in the middle of the trail like it was. Kind of a boring story but when you have an open mind like we did it definitely had the wheels turning. I have hunted the Frank Church Wilderness for years and one year my buddy and I were floating the middle fork of the Salmon River in November. It's an incredible experience seeing parts of the area that no one else gets to see in the winter and we hunt a lot of spots people can't access from the airstrips. We were in a spot that was a known camp from the Sheepeater Indians back in the 1800s so we decided to stop and check it out. We had lunch and stretched our legs. While we in the old camp we saw a good looking ridge and whenever you see a good looking ridge, you just have to see what's on the other side, right? We got up there and ended up in a rock formation and found a ton of old pictographs. Very cool. I took a ton of pictures with my camera and phone. We headed back to the raft, floated down to an area we hunt about 5 miles down river and set up camp. Went to take pictures of camp with the camera after we set up and it didn't work. No rhyme or reason why, just didn't work. Sucked but those things happen. The next two to three days we spike up a drainage where we have had some good luck in the past. My buddy tagged out, I took pics, and got it back to spike camp. The next day I tagged my buck, took pics and started cutting it up. Went to switch out the blade on my Havilon and damn near cut my finger off. I mean for real, to the bone over half a wee around. My toes are curling right now, four years later. Wrapped it up the best we could, my buddy finished the buck and got the hell out of there. Got to spike camp in the dark. Up in the morning and headed back to the raft. Got loaded up and headed down to the airstrip. It took three days to get out total, but at the airstrip, my phone stopped working, just quit, not broken, just quit like the camera. Later on I never got any pics off the camera. Nothing and after taking my phone to a Verizon center we pulled all the pics off, 
Everything before the pictographs was there and everything after but no pics of the Indian pictographs. Twenty or so years ago I got in my deer blind an hour earlier than I planned to. Just some brush that I had cut and moved. I saw the same type of lights in the sky everyone else is describing. Two different lights doing rapid moves. They were far off but I was hunkered down as close to the ground as I could get. Saw the same thing a few years ago at Guadalupe Peak in West Texas. Fishing a river a mile or so from the parking area. Haven't seen anyone, but usually encounter at least one weirdo at this spot. I have one line in the water and I'm casting another when I look downstream and this gorilla of a man steps out of the woods, not a stitch of clothing on him. He's probably 100 yards away just casually scanning up and down the river but never sees me. I don't know what his intentions were but I kept an eye on the brush behind me the whole time. In high school we had a spot down a dirt road where some old oil wells were capped. We would drink beer there because you were well hidden. One night we're standing around and a guy on a horse busts through the woods. We all look at him, half drunk probably and he asks if we saw a man and woman come through. We tell him we haven't seen anyone. He said he was looking for his wife and the guy she's cheating with and holds up a machete. We offered him a beer but the man was on a mission. He loped the horse to the dirt road and took off. Thirty-three years ago I went scouting with my buddy, his dad and his brother in central Utah. We rode the four-wheelers up a dead-end road nine miles from the truck. Didn't see another vehicle or person the whole time. This was a Thursday so most people were working and wouldn't have been out anyway. We got to the end of the road and started hiking. I went up one ridge, my buddy another and his dad and brother went up a third ridge. A few hours later I started heading back to the wheelers and saw his brother and dad on a ridge across from me so I dropped down through the bottom and started up to them. About halfway up the ridge, with no sound at all I caught a glimpse of something flying above me. It was a volleyball-sized rock about 30 yards straight up above me. I hollered up to them and told them to stop throwing rocks that I was coming up. Back then it wasn't uncommon to go to the top of a ridge and roll or toss a rock down below you to flush out game. Another 10 steps and another rock flew overhead and crashed below me. They weren't close to me but these were big rocks, again, volleyball sized. Much larger than anything I could have thrown like that. When I got up to the two of them they were just standing there pale as ghosts. I asked them what they were doing, they could have killed me. They said it wasn't them and just then another rock flew over the three of us and crashed below. We got out of there quick but to this day I still regret not walking up there to see what it was. There was no smell, no sound nothing but very large rocks flying overhead. We didn't see any other vehicles on the way out either. About 10 years later my brother-in-law drew a limited entry archery elk tag and was hunting that same area. He wounded a big bull and tracked it for a couple of miles before losing it in a deep dark canyon. He dropped into the bottom of the canyon figuring the bull would head down as he got weaker. Once down there he found a couple of carcasses that had been picked over pretty good but he said he had the most uneasy feeling the whole time he was there and couldn't wait to get out. 
Incidentally, I've never told him about the rock throwing incident. So he went into that canyon without any pre-existing fears or concerns. Not sure what it was, but man, if I had it to do over again, I'd walk up there since it's been eating at me for 33 years. A couple years after moving to Idaho, the wife and I are camping in this little spot a little off Highway 21 that we found. It was really hot, we were car camping and it brought way too much stuff. We were trying to get dinner cooked as fast as possible because there was strong weather moving in, and fast. So I get everything cooked, throw it inside the tent, pack up any loose gear and make sure it is either secured in the truck or tent just as these black clouds start unleashing a torrent upon us. We ride out the storm in the tent eating our food, which we made way too much of, and just sorta of stash the leftovers in the corner, it was her dad's old, giant canvas wall tent very roomy. We end up just going to sleep and while we're sleeping the storm stopped. Not sure what time it was, but we were suddenly awakened by a loud lion roar. I mean, this dude must have been close. I grabbed my XD45 as we both looked at the pot of leftover food in the corner of our tent and mouthed the words oh. Shit. We didn't sleep much the rest of the night and learned a valuable lesson about food storage in the mountains. Second story. A few years after the previous story, my wife and I are deer hunting with her dad in the Idaho woods. We had camped at a site a couple miles down the trail from where we'd hunt, and would all drive up the FS road, park and then walk into our spot each morning in the dark. My father-in-law stayed down low in this bowl, and my wife and I walked up this narrow, knife ridge to get to an area up top where we could glass down on either side. Spent all day hunting and was going to go back down this ridge to meet up with her dad late in the afternoon. As we are walking down, there are very clear lion tracks in our boot tracks that were going up. Never heard, saw or smelled anything, and damn glad of it. Not sure what it is with lions and my wife and I, but we apparently are desirable to the species. Anyways, that freaked us out quite a bit, but we still decided to hunt the same ridge the next day. Needless to say, we were wide awake and alert going up. Wife got her deer that afternoon and we worked quick to get out of there. 